Welcome on this uh, Canada Day weekend. <clears throat> I can say, you know, uh, we're so thankful to be born in this country, aren't we? I mean, where could we have been born, you know? And God placed us in this land. And, you know, and you know that anthem is our, is our prayer too, isn't it? Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. God save our land. God save our land from tyranny, from conflict, you know, from, uh, from abuse, immorality, sin, you know, and um, God put his church in this land, you know, and to pray for it and to help keep it. Amen? So, happy Canada Day. Well, good, so, good that, so good that you're here today. <clears throat> well, we're heading into a brand new series. And what's it called? Focus. <laughs> Great series. <clears throat> and uh, I believe this is... Uh, uh, going to be a great series, uh, but let's, let's pray before we start, okay? Thank you, Father. Jesus, you know, Lord, our, our minds are open today. Our hearts are ready to receive today. So Holy Spirit, open up our minds and our hearts to receive your word. And give us the ability to take this word and just translate it to our feet so that we're not just hearers of the word, but we're also doers of the word. And in doing it, we give glory to you and we get great benefit personally to us too as well. So bless this word as this preached today. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> amen. So, new series. We're talking about things. We're talking about uh, focus. You know, we're, we're talking about Things like seeking God and putting God first and, 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 uh, and things like priorities and what really matters. So, you know, so this might be the best series ever. So don't miss a message and invite someone. Bring someone next week because it can change their life. Today I'm talking about the God first life. The God first life. The God-first life is the best life. It's the most attractive life. And I believe is the most blessed life. And today what we're going to discover is this on your screen. Happiness is not about more. It's about order. And whatever comes, whatever is first in our lives will drive our decisions and shape our Future. Those are the words of Storwell Weems. In the greatest sermon that's ever been preached, called the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mountain by Jesus, Jesus said in Matthew 6.25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than, than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much, are you not much more valuable than they? Jesus says, don't worry about life. Don't worry about your body. Don't worry about food. Don't worry about clothes. Don't worry about stuff. And then he says in verse 27, can any of you, by worrying, Add a single hour to your life. 
Worry cannot add to your life. Worry only takes away. And God says to you today, don't worry about what you're worrying about. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Why? Because, first point, because worry cannot add to your life, but God, but God can add to your life. Now, there are lots of people who say they're Christians, but they're not living the God-first life, and their homes are not God-first homes. Me, I was born in a Buddhist household, and it was definitely a, not a God-first home. And the things that marked, that I look back in my past, things that, that really marked our home were negative things like fear and superstition, worry and anxiety. And I grew up with that all my life until my mid-20s when I met Jesus Christ and I gave my life to him, right? And my life totally changed, totally changed. <clears throat> and then a couple of years later, I met Karen. Where is she? Oh, she's over there. My God gave me the gift of a woman who put God first in her life. Can I say, suggest to you, make sure the person you marry has a passion level for Jesus equal to yours or even greater because together you all need to fuel each other. Don't marry a person who is way below your passion level for Jesus Christ. I call that unequally yoked. And together, Karen and I said, when we got married, we said this, God first. It's going to be God first in every area of our life. Didn't we covenant together? And we said, as for us, we will serve the Lord. You know, when the, and the kids got around four, 13, 14 years of age, were living in Tabor, and they said they didn't want to go to church. You know what we told them? You're going to church. You are going to church because we are a God-first family. God-first families go to church. And then the kids got older, and they started working at McDonald's. And we said, you tithe 10%. You're putting God first. Amen? And that's one way, one good way to teach your kids to put God first, even at a young age. You know, most people have this equation. Right career, plus lots of money, plus the right person, the right guy or the right girl, minus pain and suffering, equals a happy life. Most people have that equation. You know, I think, I think most people also have, you know, this idea that stuff is going to make them happy, right? And Jesus is saying, you think that all this stuff is going to make you happy. You think it's going to make you happy, but, but your thoughts are, are literally dominated by all this stuff and all this worry. And most people have a list. They have a needs list, at least in their mind, of things that they need in life to be happy. Some of them may even border on greeds, right? Oh, if I just had this or just had that, if I just had a new house, or if I just had um, a new RV, or if I just had th that motorcycle, 
I'm talking to the guys here. Or I just had that, that new truck. <clears throat> talking to the girls. Or if I just had that new pair of shoes at Winners or, you know, wherever you have to get shoes from, right? If I just had all these things. And so it's, it's like um, if the, the more I cross off on my list, the happier I will be. But the problem is the list is ever-expanding, isn't it? You know, which leads us to second point. Happiness, happiness is not an issue of need. It's an issue of order. It's an issue of order. In the fifth chapter of Matthew's gospel is the beginning of Jesus' sermon, Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. And in this powerful three-chapter sermon, Jesus literally addresses our innate human desire for things. Things like happiness, peace, security, fulfillment, comfort, and yes, even success. Do you know that, that, that God put this, this desire for success in the human heart even before sin entered the world? God did that. Now, and if you read through that, the all three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you'll notice that Jesus never ever once rebukes people for wanting these things, does he? In fact, it's, it's quite the opposite. Listen, Jesus challenges us to consider what it takes for us to have all these things. Do you need happiness in your life? Yeah. Do you need comfort in your life? Do you need joy? Do you need fulfillment? All these things are necessary. So Jesus challenges us to consider what it takes to have all these things. And it's not wrong to have these things. We need these things in life. Let me give you a flash bulletin. Jesus is not against you being happy. Contrary to some, what some Christians may think, think, Jesus wasn't against happiness. He just redefined how to get it. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, <clears throat> and all these things will be given to you as well. Wow. You know what? That should be our mantra. That should be our mission statement. And maybe, you know, I, said, I thought about this. I thought, well, maybe we should bring that, that old song. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Well, maybe not. No. I mean, the, the lyrics are good, but I just didn't like the tune, or the way it was sung. Now, all these things that I just mentioned, you know what they are? They're a byproduct of putting God first in your life. They're just a byproduct. And if you get God's right, if you got, get God's divine order right in your life, then all your needs, Jesus promises to meet. Then he just promises, if you put him first, his righteousness, all these things will be given to you as well. It's a promise, and it's a principle that he's laid out there, right there. All these things are a product of putting God first. So, you know, most people think that happiness is all about more, or it's about better, or it's about greater, when really happiness is this on your screen. Happiness is all about order. It's about order. And next point, and when order is restored... What happens? Blessing is released. 
when you put God first, all these components in life will line up. And people look at your life and, say, and, and, and call it luck. You know, man, you're so lucky. How is it like everything seems to work out for you so well? How come you're so blessed? How come you're so lucky? It's not luck. It's the favor of God. It's because you put God first in your life. Amen? Amen. You look in the Bible, right from Genesis to Revelation, you see the result of divine order or the lack of it. Go right back, right to the beginning. Adam and Eve, everything was blessed in their life. They were living in paradise until order was disrupted. And when sin came into the life, blessing was lost through sin and disobedience. You look at, in the Old Testament, you study the history of God's people. You know, and God's people were literally the most blessed people on earth. I mean, they were living in, they lived in, in, a, in, a, in an incredibly wealthy kingdom. But when they started to serve other gods, what happened? All the blessings disappeared. They all disappeared. That's why Jesus had to come. In the New Testament, Jesus came to restore right divine order back to us in a new thing called the kingdom of God, a new kingdom. And Jesus, de- Jesus declared the first and the greatest commandment, Matthew 22, 37 and 38, love the Lord your God <clears throat> with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, God first. This is the what? The first and the greatest commandment. I believe that most of my problems and most of your problems come from disorder. Do you agree with that? Disorder. Seeking our own, own our, our, our goals, our desires, our plans. And everything just kind of blows up in our face. And what's the result? Worry and, anxi- and anxiety. It's not true. Worry and anxiety. <clears throat> A survey was done recently. And they asked, the, you know, asked people, like, is there worry, is there anxiety in your life? And most North Americans admitted, yeah, I've got worry and I've got anxiety in my, in my life. But that survey showed another thing also, that there's practically no difference between Christians and non-Christians. Now, that is amazing. That should not be, should it? Now, let's go. So, question. Worry. What do we do with worry? What do we do? Can we stop worry? Can we do anything about worry? What do we do with worry? Here's what I suggest what we, what we do with worry. We turn our worry into worship. Turn your worry into worship. Turn your worry into worship. Let's go back to chapter, uh, Matthew 63, 6, verse 33. I want to give you three steps to turn your worry into worship. First one, first step is this. Redirect your energy. Redirect your energy. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, he's not saying don't seek things. He's just telling us what to seek first, right? Some people think we shouldn't seek all, any of those things at all. But Jesus tells us that he knows that we need food, we need clothes, we need homes, we need security. We need these things. See, it's all about what we seek first. It's about our highest priority. 
That's what it's about. It's about priority. Now, we talk about worrying. Does worrying expend your energy? You bet it does. Energy spent on worrying is a total loss. You get nothing out of worry. You lose sleep at night, right? It steals from you. Worry saps your your strength. You never get anything back from worry on your screen. But worship is different. Worship is the energy invested with the highest level of return. When you worship, you get something back, right? You worry, you get nothing except unrest, loss of sleep, loss of strength, but energy is different. Imagine, imagine if you could take the energy that you put into worrying and you put it into trusting God. You know, what, what, what would happen? Well, you know what would happen? Your faith would be built up. You'd be filled with energy and you could go out and do what God has called you to do. You know, it's funny how our minds, well, my mind does that anyway. My mind tends to, to go to the worst case scenario. Did you ever do that? Go to the worst case scenario? A while ago, you know, I, 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 I took a shower and I, and, I, and I looked in the back and I seen in my, on, my, on, the, on my back was this little mole on my back. And I'm looking at it and I looked at it closely and I thought, it could be melanoma. <laughs> Sometimes I get a cough and I think, wow, am I getting pneumonia? Is that a pneumonia coming? You know, you know somebody looks at you the wrong way. A friend, even a friend looks at you the wrong way, you think, is he mad at me? What did I do wrong? Worst case scenario, right? How about pra- pastor paranoia? Oh, no, I shouldn't have preached that point. I shouldn't have preached that message. It's going to offend people. They're going to get mad at me. How about business paranoia? Hey, did we do a good job? Is the economy going to hold up? You know, the, the point is we're spending energy that we'll never, ever get back through worry. But, but, when we worship, we get a return of power from on high. We get his presence. Psalm 22, King James Version. The psalmist said, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. As soon as you start to pray, God's presence starts starts to come. God inhabits the praises of his people. Amen? Amen. Second, Tim, Second Corinthians 3, 7. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Where God's presence is, there is righteousness, peace, and joy. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Nehemiah 8, verse 10. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Worry saps the joy. Worship restores the joy and you get your strength back. Amen? Second step to turn worry into worship. Establish your identity. Establish your identity. Jesus said, seek his righteousness. What is righteousness? Definition. God's right character or path. God's right way of doing things. It means Righteousness means that I'm going to seek God's way through his word. It means I'm going to construct my life God's way from the inside out, not the other way around. 
I'll explain that a bit later. And seeking his righteousness means I'm, going to be, I'm not going to be driven by the external forces of this life and of this world. I'm not, and I'm not going to do anything that's contrary to God's word. And seeking his righteousness means that I'm making a one-time decision that Jesus is my Lord and I am, li- am living his way. Amen? Didn't we sing that this morning this, in, in, in that song? I'm following Jesus. There's no turning back. It's a one-time decision. It's a one-time decision. And I'm making that, and I'm managing, managing that decision for the rest of my life. So many people go back and forth in their relationship with God. So up and down in their spiritual reality because they're always, they're, because they're constantly redeciding, redeciding. Oh, should I go to church this morning? Or should I read my Bible? Or should I give? Or should I serve? No, or should I attend a small group? Should I read? You know, so constantly redeciding because of the circumstances or because of convenience or because of the cultural pressures. And it's living, that's living from the outside instead of, from the, ins- of the inside. That's living from the outside to the inside. So, when we per- put God first, we make that one-time decision to put, God's, to put God first and to put His principles first in our lives. Amen? And these values... Determine who I am. We need to, you need to establish your identity. Establish your identity and declare that identity over yourself. Declare it all out loud. Here's what you need to declare. Number one, establish your identity. I'm a worshiper of God for life. I'm a worshiper of God for life, and I will manage that decision. Number two, I'm a giver. I give my first and my best to God, and I'm not a cheapskate whether that's giving money or kindness or love. Because giving is the key, is the very key to life. Amen? Third, I'm a word person. The word of God continues to grow me. It makes me more like Jesus. Number four, I'm a person who serves. I'm not some self-centered little clot running around saying, serve me, serve me, serve me. Does that remind me of yourself? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Number five, I'm a person who reaches out to others and shares the greatest gift of Jesus. That's eternal life, salvation to others. I have decided that, that I am all these things. Amen? I've decided to follow Jesus. That's who I am. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I made that decision, and I'm sticking with it. Number one, redirect your energy. Number two, establish your identity. One more. Number three, enjoy your freedom. Enjoy your freedom. Jesus said, all these things will be added unto you. When you put God first, you can enjoy your freedom. When God is first, you can have these things without these things having you, right? Because you know that nothing can ever satisfy you more than what God can give you. Really, it ends up, God is the only thing, God is the only 
only one who can satisfy you. And because why? Because only God can give you things like love, joy, peace, contentment, fulfillment. He's the only one to give it to you, right? And on your point, on, on your screen, when order is restored, blessing is released. When order is restored, blessing is released. All those things are just a byproduct of putting God first in your life. Jesus is enough for me. What's that old song? Um, Jesus is just all right for me. Remember that 60s song? Does anybody remember the uh, artist? Who was that? The Doobie Brothers. Remember? Jesus is just all right for me. You know, I wanted to sing that song today. <laughs> Number one, <clears throat> redirect your energy. Seek first his kingdom. Number two, establish your identity. Seek his righteousness. Number three, enjoy your freedom. All these things will be added unto you. Let me give you one more point. Focus on the big, the one. Focus on the one big thing. Focus on the one big thing. Did you ever watch um, the, the, the Nature Planet or um, uh, Disco- yeah, Discovery uh, the Planet or uh, National Ge- Geographic? Yeah? And, uh, uh, you know, it, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to see these, these lions go after big game, big prey, like the wildebeest, or like the, there's another big one called the kudu, or, or, the, or the water buffalo. These, these, are, these are massive animals, right? It's <clears throat> a picture of them. There's a picture of a, a water buffalo. They see that <clears throat> killing these larger animals can actually be extremely dangerous for, for lions. And they, they literally risk severe injury, and even death in the quest for the big meal. So question, why do they do that? Why don't they just go after the smaller, uh, less threatening prey? Why don't they do that? They have family, right? They have family to feed. It's more than just about them, right? You know, they say that the African African savanna is filled with all these smaller rodents, abundant with all these different smaller rodents. So the question is, why spend so much time, so much energy, so much effort chasing after the big game when there's all these smaller creatures to feed the whole pride? Well, here's why. Listen to this. The energy that a lion spends chasing a small animal is greater than the caloric content of that creature. And as abundant as the small creatures are, if a lion spends all day chasing them, he could eventually starve to death even as he is eating them. To survive, a lion needs to focus on one thing. And what that one thing is? The big meal. The big meal. If you can catch the one big thing, the wildebeest, the water buffalo, the antelope, the rest of the little things will take care of themselves. I think the lion is some, onto something, and I think we need to pay attention. Do you agree with that? Here's what it is. Here's, here's the thing we need to, to note. You have a bigger purpose to live for 
than chasing the little things of this life. And unless we focus on the kingdom of God, we will burn ourselves out chasing after all the small rodents of this life. Then, on your screen, the choice is yours. It's no one else's. And it all comes down to this, the simple, sustainable principle of order. And the, God, the, the, and the focus of a God-free life. That's the answer. Focus on the God-free life. The God-free life, it's the best life, it's the most attractive life, and it's the most blessed life. Amen? Bow your heads. Thank you, Father. Today we're faced with a decision. And our decision is to put God first, to make God first. So, will you agree with me in prayer? Father, in Jesus' name, help me to focus on the one big thing, and that is to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, believing that all these other things that we need will just fall into place. And today, Father, I make seeking your seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness, I make that my one-time decision, or I, or I remake that my one-time decision that I will manage for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone agreed and said, Amen. 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 Isn't God good? Yeah. Keep your heads bowed for just a minute. Let's choose the God-first life. Let's put Jesus first in every area. Because there's no better life. There's more, no more satisfying, fulfilling life. More attractive life. Jesus said, I've come to bring you life, give you life, and that to the full. I come to give you abundant life. And if you've never received it, I want to tell you there's this priceless gift called salvation and eternal life that Jesus died on the cross to give you. If you've never received that, you can receive it today just by saying a simple prayer, but you've got to really mean it. So if that's you, bow your heads and say this prayer to Him. You can whisper this prayer and you'll ever hear every word. Are you ready? Follow me. Dear Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Thank you for shedding your blood to pay for all my sins. Today, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be Lord and Savior of my life forever. In Jesus' name I pray.